Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast. I'm Jess and... And I am Sasha and it is 7am. <laughs> Sasha's like, are ah, you actually joking? Um, it's very dark today doing this. Normally, like, we normally do this at about half past nine. Um, me and Sasha have got um, a lot of things on today, so we've had to bring it a bit further forward. Um, and as a result, uh, when I first spoke to Sasha this morning she was sat in the dark looking a little bit like a serial killer on Zoom. I have a black hoodie on so it doesn't look that great. <laughs> so I turn the light on um, and I am here I'm ready to go actually I feel quite energized. Um, we're going to do off menu so there's obviously going to be people listening to us who have no idea what off menu is um, but off menu is a podcast um, oh my god it's Ed Gamble and uh, James Acaster and it's basically where they get a celebrity on and they go through um, their dream meal from starter what bread you'd like still a sparkling um, dinner side dishes uh, pudding and all that but we are going to ask answer some questions first because Jess did a little Q, Q&A not Q&A mm-hmm. a little poll or something on her Instagram yesterday so Jess do you want to fire over those questions yeah so I thought it would just be good just to see what everyone was saying around some things to do with food that obviously are big debates all the time which are are you which always gets me as well by the way this question which is either or again false dichotomy are you either a starter person or a dessert person so 53% of people said that they were a starter person and 47% said a dessert I am all the way a dessert gal I can leave a starter all day yeah I am a dessert person because I think if I have a starter then I get too uh well not too full but I'll get a little bit full and then I won't enjoy my main as much and then I definitely won't want a pudding and but what I tend to do is if I'm with someone else which I usually am I don't tend to go out for three course dinner on my own (laughs) um I usually say let's share a starter and then share a pudding so I just have a little taste of the starter have my own main and then like half a pudding so this is the problem though because like me and Matt are obviously getting married and I just don't know whether we're compatible because he never (laughs) wants to share his starter okay so but I don't want to share my dessert but he's always like oh do you want to share a dessert and I'm like hmm And (laughs) and then when I say do you want to share a starter if I ever said to Matt oh do you want to share your chicken wings oh my god Oh my god, no, no, to be honest, I'm making it, I'm painting it a bad picture, but um, he just loves his starters to be fair. Same as uh, Daniel's a starter person, and he doesn't really, or he, he'll have something, but he's not into sweets at all. So, but yeah, so I guess he won't share his starter with me. No, there you go. Me and you, just about fitting it. Um, then the next one was, would you rather eat out or eat in? Um, and even after all of the last year of being in, there's still quite a large people. So 34% said they would rather eat in. 66 said they would rather eat out. I don't think that surprises me, but I think there's a novelty and a time and a place for both. Okay. Well, yeah, what would I put? I think I actually voted out, but you know what? I'm starting to change my mind a little bit. Depends on the mood. Yeah, but also, like, I... No, I'm not, that's not, I'm not a food snob. I would hate to go out and spend money on something that I could have made better at home. And like, also at the moment, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like restaurants are hopping on this new trend of um, small plates, whether they're a tapas bar or not. So it's like, oh yeah, we recommend you order like seven between two. And then lo and behold, each dish is like nine to 11 pounds. And I'm like, hold on a sec. I came out for for dinner, not like nine, seven, seven plates of food on my table. I didn't come um, out to bring the seven dwarves out. What is this? <laughs> exactly. And it's ridiculously expensive. And the, so in some restaurants, like um, the certain tapas bars that we went to a tapas bar last night, which is probably the most popular one in Manchester. It took us three weeks to get a table and we could only get a table at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, and that's San Juan and Chilton, but it's so nice. Very, it's so authentic. It's just like it's just proper Spanish food. Um, but there's there's uh, like Refuge and Volta who have started doing it, and it's just like tapas, but it's so expensive. And I think 
after lockdown, obviously everyone wanted to eat out, didn't they? Because we haven't been for so long. But then I've had loads of chats with clients where you realise just how much money you spend on just going out for dinner when you could have just... Yeah, and I think that's the, that's where definitely where I spend most, a lot of my money, um, eating out. But I also really like eating out, so it's hard, isn't it? But right. it's trying to find that sweet spot because I totally agree there's nothing worse than going out being like oh that cost me like I don't know 50 to 100 quid and you were uh, like quite disappointed with it and like I could have done exactly and then it adds up over the month doesn't it so I was thinking the other day I was thinking this was clothes as well this is just kind of going me going off a, ta- off a tangent <laughs> but like what if I didn't do that all the time and I didn't just keep going out for like something relatively small that's going to cost me 14 quid when I could just not do that and maybe like go on a couple of really nice dinners every month where like, you know, it's no expense spared and you can just like relax and have a nice, nice food, like not buying loads of stuff from ASOS or Zara for like 12 quid, 13 quid. And then actually just buying yourself one nice thing from like more of a premium brand every month. Yeah. And so I think the clothing thing I'm doing at the minute and about, by the way, guys, in September was the first month this year that I've not bought anything on ASOS. Can we have a round of applause? <laughs> there was no parcels. <laughs> there was no parcels. And I thought, I don't need anything. And yeah, I'm being more strict with myself. But then in the beginning of October, so obviously now, I went on Free People and bought myself something um, that was a little bit more expensive, but quality. And then I, d- I don't plan on buying any other clothes for the rest of the month, you know. So same with food. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And there's so many, like, you you really look forward to a nice meal out as well. Like, you can tell the vibe of when you're not looking forward to going out and you're, like, not bothered about it at all. Exactly. Um, let's go next question. So, situation. You are absolutely stuffed. But someone comes around with one last thing that you can't resist. Is it sweet or is it savoury? 62% said sweet, 38 said savoury. I'm sweet all day, I would say. Well, obviously, the majority of people. Mm. Yeah, my, if I'm really full, what would it be? What would someone bring around that you wouldn't be able to say no to, no matter how full you are? Um, probably something like chocolate orientated for me. I, yeah, I don't know. Because even... It would, it would probably have to be some like mega dessert or something to, to kind of just tip me over mm. over the edge because there's those times where you are really full in a restaurant and then you look at the the menu and you're like um, none of the desserts are standing out to me so I might actually leave it but if there is a dessert you're like oh, I can squeeze oh yeah I'll find space don't worry about me I think um mine would be I have mine's very specific um giant Cadbury's giant chocolate buttons out the freezer do you know what, as well? And I feel like they're small enough that you're like, oh, it doesn't actually count. I sometimes feel that way about Maltesers. Like Matt says, sometimes, what do you want from the shop? And I'm like, oh, just something light, like a bag of Maltesers. <laughs> Half of its air. <laughs> chocolate out the freezer is great because it it's not as sickly. Um, and I always remember Mary Berries because people are like, oh, no, because I, I like it like warm and stuff. I'm like, And Mary Berry always used to say chocolate melts in a child's pocket, like it melts so quick and then it becomes a bit like sickly. But my my mum and dad used to, um, this is weird me saying it out loud, I don't think I've ever said it out loud before. They used to chop Mars bars and Snickers into slices and put it in little bags in the freezer. And then we'd have it after dinner. And it was just, for some reason since then, I've always put all my chocolate in the freezer. And my mum and dad to this day still put all their chocolate in the freezer. You're not going to hurt your teeth when you bite into it. No, because chocolate melts so quickly that the minute it touches the, the warmth of your hands, like you already feel it starting to melt and it yeah. melts so quickly in your mouth. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, I never have all my, all my chocolate will be in the freezer. And then my housemate also puts his chocolate in the freezer now. So we've just got really? this drawer of frozen chocolate. <laughs> I, I just keep mine in the cupboard. No. I do know, I do know, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sash, I don't really, I don't, to be honest, don't have a lot of chocolate in the house because I would just eat it all the time, probably, but 
me and Matt actually went on a chocolate because we live the good life. We went on a chocolate tour um, oh, in, in York and then we actually made our own chocolate. It was really cute. Um, and they they said after it's like you made it to put it on the back of your hand because it's like the least heat. So now me and Matt as an offering when we sat on the sofa, just pass it over fist, fist, fistful of chocolate. <laughs> if, you have, if you keep your chocolate in the cupboard and then you use your hand your fingertips to pick it up you're just gonna it's gonna be a chocolatey mess <laughs> but in the, in the you know I'll, I'll I'll allow fridge right gosh, but um freezer is the one and I guess on that note as well around like when someone asks you if you want that bit extra I think it is important to know that there are times where you kind of go point past that point of fullness but What's really important, I think, for a lot of people when they first start out with, with their health and fitness is starting to acknowledge that feeling of fullness when they do truly feel full. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think my biggest um, realizational tip with that is that the more you, like, I used to put like chocolate and sweets and whatever, like on a pedestal kind of and be like, oh, you know, that's naughty, that's a treat and whatever. So it would almost be like after dinner, I'd have it because like I'd be like oh I can have my chocolate now but like now because I'll pretty much allow myself well I just have chocolate whenever really I don't if I don't want it I don't want it and it's not like a naughty thing or a treat it's just like yeah it's just there yeah. and I'll give it you know I'll take it or leave it now which I, I think it's what I'd say <laughs> yeah it's the condition around it because then a lot of people in the beginning it's like they need it out of sight out of mind in order to not be distracted by it but I think growing up as well I always had access to stuff like that we had like cupboards and cupboards full of like chocolate and crisps and sweets my mum was diabetic not the crisp part but she was diabetic so she always needed some bits in but we just had the like set rule which was like you had like one of those things a day when you got in from school, but that was it. We did and that, was, too. that was just the rule, yeah. And it was like, my friend Sophie used to come around and be like, how do you actually live with all this in the cupboard? I'd be like, well, you just have one, one a day. <laughs> it was just really funny, isn't it? How, but it's the rules you set for yourself. So in the beginning, like Sasha and I might have, when we first started out on health and, like, our health and fitness journey, got rid of all of the chocolate that we we otherwise would just have eaten it all and eventually build that relationship up again where you 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 can have that level of discipline to start with but then it just becomes part part of your life where you don't let the food control you and instead you've got the ownership of I can have that when I want it exactly and coming from someone who used to be so like that like I remember god I remember waking up and putting my day's food in my fitness pal and making sure that I put the the sweet, the treat or whatever in first. So it's all, it's in there, which I can see there's logic behind that. But all it did was made me fixate on it when really I wasn't really that bothered. But it was yeah. like, it's in there now, it's in there now. So I've, 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 um, I've accounted for it. So, you know, I, I have, I have, I'm having it now when in fact I might have not wanted it mm. anyway. And, and it's weird because now I, I can't physically imagine fixating on chocolate like it is it, it, a really really like alien thought to me which is good I guess but I know, I know I've been there I've been on the totally opposite side of the spectrum where all I do is think oh, I just want to have that chocolate oh, I've, I know I've just finished my tea I've not even finished swallowing my dinner yet but I just want that chocolate when now I'm just like no I would never be like that you know yeah madness Madness. Right, next question. Yeah, would next. you rather cook for someone or be cooked for? So 69% said they would rather be cooked for. Uh, so quite a lot of people said they would rather cook for someone. I, I know uh, Matt would definitely be cook for somebody. I would probably be... I, I do like cooking, but I probably just enjoy the process of being cooked for more. Um, so can I... What was it? 47% said cook for? 69% uh, said cooked for. Cooked for, and then, okay... Yeah, so the other guys, they're the control freaks of the audience. <laughs> and that was me. <laughs> no, I am... Um, it depends who's cooking for me, I'll be honest. Because um, I love to cook, and there's certain things that I know that I'm quite good at, and I, I know I also know people who are very not... 
<laughs> great cooking. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, I'm very lucky in my life in that the people that cook world cook for me the most um, are very good. So my friend Naomi, she's a very, very good cook. And she's cooked, she cooked me a pie once from scratch and it was unbelievable. And then uh, Daniel's a very good cook. So he cooks really good food. And then my housemates, um, they are fantastic chefs. So I'm very lucky. So although I would rather cook just to have that control element, I think I'm surrounded by people who are very good. So they can also cook for me. Yeah. So they're very, very similar to be fair. Matt's such a good cook. Um, before lockdown, and we've not really got into the habit of it, but a few of my friends who um, are still like live nearby and things, um, once a week pre-lockdown, we used to do something called <laughs> club tea, which was like, uh, I can't even remember if it was like originally. Some of my mates say it was because we always used to do it on a Thursday, but I don't believe it. I don't remember we ever had a set day. But once a week we used to meet, meet up and you would every one in seven you would have to cook and then the rest of the time you would go and get cooked for and um yeah some of my friends are like a mega um I feel like I can't I don't want to shout anyone out in case everyone else gets offended but um my friend <laughs> but my friend Liv is my friend Liv is a really uh, good baker and she always does like mega desserts and she's the only person and everyone will probably be like oh Jess this is so fitspo but she's the only person who can put aubergine and chocolate cake and it's it tastes amazing because she's gluten-free okay. she's really creative with like how she can make it oh yeah she does like an amazing chocolate fudge cake that's got aubergine in it and it's like oh it's unreal so so good um but yeah, so shout out to Liv for her baking skills. Um, but all my all my other friends are Emily, so you're all great cooks as well, etc. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please still continue to cook for me. Um next one. <laughs> next one was you are hosting a dream dinner party and you're allowed three guests, either people who are alive or people who um aren't alive. And I had to phrase it this way because when I put dead or alive, Instagram told me that it was too suicidal and I had to take it down. So I had to change my, my way I worded it. So people who aren't alive are people who are still alive. Yeah. And 65% said people who aren't alive, so aka people who are dead, or 35% said um, people who are still alive. Um, and some of the answers we got, some people were just saying, I'd just invite my friends with no kids. That was my client, Sarah. My other client, Jules, said Whitney Houston, Marilyn Monroe and Jesus. Uh, my friend, Emily, who I do club tea with, she just said my gals. Obviously, it's been that long. Quite a few people said grandparents. My mum said mum. So I don't know whether she was hinting at me to invite her around for tea or she was talking about my nana. Um, my mother-in-law to be, Joe said if it wasn't us, then it would be her mum, Gaz and her Andy. Your client, Sash, said her three friends from South Africa. Lovely. Uh, oh, her nana who passed away. Quite a few nanas. And then my old client, Sarah, said David Attenborough, Michael Evis and Elton John. Oh, good one. Have you got in mind who you would, would you have dead or alive? And do you have any idea who you would invite? Maybe not three, maybe just if you could do one. I'm trying to think. Three's quite hard to try and put on the spot for. It is quite hard, but I think mine would probably be alive. And you know what? Okay, I'm picking people that I find hilarious, but then they might not be hilarious in the usual dinner setting. You know, like you think comedians and then you're like, oh, yeah, but what if you meet them in real life and, and you're spending time with them and they're not being funny? I'd be like, yeah. excuse me. Um, like Will, Will Ferrell, he's apparently not that humorous in real life, is he? Yeah, and like I absolutely love Jim Carrey. Like me, like my dad, I grew up watching Jim Carrey films and like my dad loves him and I just and my best friend just absolutely loves him. And it's just like a bit of a sentimental thing. But like if I invited him for dinner and he was being normal, I'd be like, Jim. I'm not being funny, but this is the the one time that we're having dinner. So you just say something funny for goodness sake. <laughs> and also I've wasted my wish on you and you've not you've not turned up today. Exactly. So I feel like I feel like I'd like Jim Carrey, um, Ricky Gervais, hmm. and and like Mary, Mary, uh, maybe like Miriam Margulies but like I'd be like right you all have to just promise me you have to be a bit funny though because they all yeah. just sat there and just ate dinner I'd be like I wasted my one wish <laughs> but yeah I, I think like Jim Carrey, Ricky Gervais, Miriam Margulies or like I feel like Jennifer Lawrence would be quite funny um, and like I feel like we'd have a good time um, 
Jennifer Aniston, but only if she was Rachel. <laughs> You've got to cut character, yeah. please, guys. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think that would be, I'm trying to think of any musicians maybe that I'd like, but then I'd be like, sing me a song for goodness sake. Yeah, what were you just doing just talking to me? Why are you not serenading me over the table? Like um, Freddie Mercury or something. I'd be like, well, now, okay, yeah, I get it. You're eating this fit. Okay, dead. But um, <laughs> Okay, I get you dead. But... I understand that you're deceased, but you got, <laughs> come on, here's a piano. Come on. Here's can you, yeah, you can be the fourth guest just quietly in the corner. Uh, I don't even know where I would start, to be fair. I think dead, dead is a good one because you get like icons like Jules McClain. You said Whitney. I would actually love Whitney because I do think she's like oh, yeah. mega. And like just to hear her story, do you know what I mean? There's a really good documentary on Netflix, I think, yeah. about Whitney. Um, it's very good. Very sad, actually. It's tragic. Yeah. Um, then I would probably also... Um, the Friends one is so good. I didn't even think about that. But again, it would have to probably be in, in character. Yeah. Because um, of yeah, it's amused. Did you know? Um, by the way, it's like um, it's known as like for what's the generation that younger than us? Is it Gen Z or Gen X or Gen? We're Gen X. I thought we we're millennials. No, mate. I thought this. Oh, whoa, whoa. My friend corrected me recently. Let me get it up. Uh, you just um, my identity has just been questioned. Hold on. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, Gen X is the one before us. Oh God, what are we then? Millennials. No, we're Gen Z. Don't insult me. Wait, so this is it. So, Baby Boomers, 1946 to 64. Gen X, 1965 to 1980. Oh, no, right. Okay, Millennials, 1981 to 96. So, Gen, Gen Z, 1997 to 2012. You're just saying that I was Gen Z. I was like, oh, that's the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> I always get confused. I actually thought, because... Oh, no, I thought I, I thought we were Gen Z. This is it. I thought we were Gen Z. And my friend actually corrected me and told me we were Millennials. I got it wrong. We're That's millennials, and apparently Gen Z or Z or whatever you want to say, think it's really embarrassing that millennials like friends because apparently it's not funny. I'm just like, you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, I also have two friends, and if they're listening to this, that they don't have never watched Friends, they don't understand any of the references, and every time in our friendship group we say something, they just are like, ah, yeah, I roll emojis and. Honestly, it I can't believe it. And one of Matt's friends used to be the same and had never watched it. And then his girlfriend loved it and made him watch it all. And he loved it all. Once he got like she was actually sat down, he loved it. That's yeah. Amazing. I've watched it so many times that I I I am embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Apparently it's embarrassing if you like it. Also, you know Shona Virtue? Mm -hmm. She thinks it's embarrassing if you like friends. Well. And I was like, well, I think it's embarrassing that you, you do yoga. <laughs> yoga all the time. So how about let me live my life and I'll let you live yours? Well, yeah, it's very lucky that both of us are on the same. Me and Matt both absolutely love it. And there's just so many references for everyday life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, if you don't like friends and you're listening to this, then um, by now you will have unsubscribed and uh, we'll hopefully see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Um, next one is would you rather have unlimited cheese or biscuits or macaroons cheese and biscuits yeah I know I tried to think of the opposite one of that and I struggled but 79% said cheese and biscuits so there's still a portion of people obviously who aren't down that savoury route um, and then we did a little ask us anything so in theme with um, off menu mm -hmm. my friend Johnny said poppadoms or bread sash yeah uh, bread without a poppadoms that's the one thing I, off menu when they say poppadoms or bread. I'm like, obviously bread. Yeah, why would you go? Pop it's not, again, like me and the cheese and biscuits and macaroons. It's not the opposite. Poppadoms isn't the opposite of bread. I don't know what, the, what it is, but it's definitely not a winner. And the bread. Uh, yeah, I, I won't go into what bread I'd have because we'll save that for the off menu. But what bread without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. OK, quick fire. Um is breakfast really the most important meal of the day? If so, why? So uh, on this one, I get quite a few clients who come to me in the beginning who don't eat breakfast. And you will get some people who say, it is the most important meal of the day. You need to have it. 
etc but some people just don't naturally have the appetite first thing in the morning which I understand however there are those people who say they don't have the appetite but they've just never given it a shot because either of time or um because of not find <laughs> Luna says hey because uh, they've never found anything that they like so I always think it's like it's not necessarily what breakfast does for you at the start like for your start of the day but it's how it impacts you later on that is the big one because if you miss breakfast then you might be the person who then is ravenous by 11 o'clock and you then go have a big chocolate bar and then by lunchtime that's not satisfied you enough so then you feel like you're chasing your hunger cues all day so I always think something is always better than nothing even if it is something small first thing in the morning for a lot of people not for everybody but for a large majority just to manage your appetite to get you through the day which is going to help you not only mentally but physically as well what do you think exactly took the words out of my mouth it's um I think we forget sometimes that our body um adapts to pretty much anything we do so people say oh I'm never hungry for breakfast and people that say they're never hungry for breakfast are usually people that never have breakfast so their body is is uh not hungry at that time it's a, it would be the same with lunch it'd be the same with dinner if I stopped having I mean I wouldn't <laughs> just to put that out there but if I stopped having lunch today okay I'd be hungry at lunch because I usually eat lunch right and then if I didn't have lunch again tomorrow I'd probably be hungry and then mm-hmm. say I do that for two weeks right I just stopped having lunch altogether after probably two weeks three weeks I wouldn't be hungry at lunch anymore yeah your body will adapt to whatever you do so it's like when people say I don't drink that much water but I feel fine it's like well one you should because um if you don't have water for three days you're dead but you know people will not drink that much or not eat that much and say that they feel fine it's because they're used to it it doesn't make it optimal so it's like again on what you said in my experience this is no there is no um literature or well you know what there might be I just I'm just not aware of it but the people who overeat at night are usually people who don't have anything in the morning because one it's psychological because they think oh I didn't have any breakfast so I can um eat more now but but it's usually the people who get up a bit later um, and then tend to sit and kind of snack and that in in that at the night time so again I don't know if there's anything behind that, but in my experience from working with a lot of people, that's usually the case. And I think it's the same for those people who maybe do have breakfast, but maybe don't have the right thing to fill them up in the right way. Like a piece of toast while they're running out of the door, which sometimes guys, that happens. That is life. Like have, that's all you can fit in. But if that's your every day, then you end up like, again, it doesn't satiate you in the same way as having something that's maybe higher higher in fat or higher in protein just to kind of regulate your appetite later that's all so there isn't a breakfast is the most important it's the most important meal of the day on my list because one it's my favorite meal of the day I wake up thinking about food yeah literally love it but also it's it's my favorite meal of the day because it sets me up if I have a breakfast that is in a rush that is um like not thought through or whatever it might be that sets precedent for my morning, which then sets precedent for my afternoon. So it, it's thinking about how it can it can kind of add up over time. But exactly. um, okay, cool. Um, and in regards to um, tracking calories, uh, Kagan, your client said, do you either still track calories sometimes or tell new clients to? Mm. So I'm going to go first because I know me and Sasha slightly different on this one as coaches. It's good. So, yeah, which is good because this this is a good way to like discuss things. And um, I know Sash that has used my fitness pal and stuff in the past. So my fitness pal is just a uh, calorie counting um, app. What I say to my clients in the beginning is discovering a little bit more about where they're at because if they've had any uh, triggered associations with tracking food before, then that is not the suitable approach to take with them around monitoring their food. Mm-hmm. However, people in the beginning don't have an awareness around what they're eating and that's maybe why they're in the current position that they're in so what I like to do with my clients from a nutrition point of view is again me and Sash aren't nutritionists or dietitians but get them to be aware of what they're actually eating and as soon as you start to jot down on a piece of paper 
or in an app like MyFitnessPal, you all of a sudden become a lot more aware of, oh, right, I was, I keep do, I keep having those little like bits from the cupboard when I walk past it, but I didn't even think about that as part of my daily intake. Then I get my clients to build their awareness up around food. And for a lot of them, it's that monitoring of what they're eating. But for some of them, it's also an education of, oh my God, I didn't realize that that's how far I was going over um, in regards to what their daily intake is. Um, With anything, with things like tracking apps, whether it's your heart rate monitor on your watch or your uh, food intake into my fitness pal, there are discrepancies. So you've got to take everything with a bit of pinch of salt. But I do find my fitness pal useful in the beginning for clients to build up their awareness around food. I don't think it should be a lifelong strategy. It should be something that they use and then carry on. A bit like you use your gauge on your car to tell you how fast you go in. When you get caught speeding, all of a sudden you're super aware of it. That's how I use my fitness pal. Clients can look at it and go, oh my God, whoa, I was going 70 miles per hour and I was going 80 miles per hour and I thought I was doing 70. That's a good awareness. Let me bring it back down to a point where I know I need to be and tap in and out of it every now and again. Um, And then me tracking it, I can't remember the last time I tracked, probably maybe a year or two ago, but I do occasionally use it just as, again, an accountability tool to bring me in line if I've got specific goals, but I haven't had any specific goals to perhaps lose weight my goals have all been performance based and I kind of know by now what I need to do to get there what's your uh coaching approach and your personal approach on it Sash my so my coaching approach again it, it it depends on the person of course um when I take on a new client within so I don't necessarily do it straight away I usually do it within the first month I say to them this month or I give them a week, for example, maybe in three weeks time, I say, I want you to give me um, three days worth of a food diary. Um, I don't usually give it to them straight away because a lot of the time people, when they come to me, they are out of routine and they're not really training and they're not really looking at their food. So I don't like to give it to them straight away. Um, At the same time, because it's like, oh, now I'm doing nothing and now I've got to train and track my food. So I usually just do their fitness assessment um, and then get them to just focus on training for like the first two weeks, just so it's one thing. Let's just try and get our training in, you know? Um, And then, um, is my internet going funny? No. Um, And then I would ask them to do a food diary once we're in a little bit of the swing of things. So that is my fitness pal or writing down, um, it's up to them, I'm not, not really bothered. And then I just have a look at it and I try and have more of a, an approach where I look at it and, and actually think of the positives and just be like, look, this is great. Um, I love that you're having this. Um, there, or sometimes like, for example, there's like a thousand calories worth of snacks and I'm like, whoa, um, then it's an easier, let's try and make your meals bigger, blah, blah, blah. So I guess my tactic is depends on the person, what's their history, if they've had an obsessive or if they are obsessive over numbers, then I try not to use it. Um, Like you said, if they have absolutely no idea and Mm. they are literally like, I don't know what a carbohydrate is, then yes, I would um, make them track some food so we can have a discussion about it. But yeah, I'd say the main rule for me is like, depends on the person. And it also, if they send me a food diary and it's like pretty good, um, I try not to focus on it too much because there is upgrading people's food diaries, which is great. But there's also like trying to find something to work on for the sake of it. When really, like um, Kagan, who asked that question, for example, she sent me her food diary the other day, um, and it was great. And I was just like, okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna uh, make up issues just for the sake of me feeling like I need to help because her food diary was great. And at the moment, I want to focus with her on just um, getting into a routine with training. So I was just like, that's fine. I mean, we might revisit it next month and have another look. But at the moment, like, I'm absolutely more than happy with, uh, with that food diary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then myself, uh, I honestly can't remember the last time I tracked. When Maybe. was the last time you asked your mum to tell you how much broccoli you should throw it out on your plate um, um weigh those roast potatoes or i'll get fat did you do it in fry light or olive oil let me know probably coconut oil knowing us 
Um, yes, I think it will heal all wounds, right? Oh, it actually makes me gip thinking about it. I hate this stuff. <laughs> Again, I used to cook my eggs in it. Honestly, that makes me feel oh, nauseous. That just make me feel a bit sick as well. Oh, no. Why Last one from your client, which is from Kagan again. Would you rather give up cheese for the rest of your life or chocolate? And hey, when I asked Ash this earlier, she said, I am mad. Kagan, <laughs> why? Why you got to do it like this? Why are you going to do cheese or chocolate? Thing is, you have to think that cheese is in lots of things that I love, like lasagna, pizza, cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I think it'd have to be chocolate, even though I love chocolate just for that reason, because cheese is on everything. Yeah, I would. It'd be sad, but we would just have to, you'd just have to get over it. Your freezer would be empty. Yeah, I would have to say I would rather give up chocolate. Yeah. Okay, cool. So now we're going to talk a little bit about our menu. Right. So, Sash, you're out in a restaurant or at home, whatever you prefer. Huh? Are you going to go still or sparkling water to start? Still, sparkling water tastes like um, static. <laughs> static what an answer I've never heard that before but almost do you know and when you were a kid and you accidentally tried sparkling water for the first time and you were like, <laughs> like yeah. what is this? have you ever seen a dog a dog try it and he like licks it up and he's like <laughs> <laughs> no. I do like um sparkling water with a flavor so like orange squash with sparkling so I'm making yeah. but Matt, I bought I bought Matt a soda stream for Christmas a couple of years ago because he loves loved it, it. Yeah, he loves it, but um, it's not yeah. for me. I would rather go still all day. Well, yeah, still with some um, lemon or mint or something in it, maybe. Yeah, cucumber yeah. mint for me. That'd be nice. Yeah. Nice and refreshing. Bit of ice. Starter. What are you saying for your starter? Um, so I would say I would go um, fish, seafood, mm -hmm. because it's light delicious and it won't fill me up too much so is the rule that we won't get full let me just consult yeah the rule is yeah you're yeah. absolutely fine the rule is you're not going to get full so you can have a start of main and dessert we're going to be fine Rebecca my client said well can we have a non-full rule because otherwise I have to think about the richness of it and I was like yeah okay so stomachs aren't getting full yeah ever explaining I would have um either um an octopus dish I had in Croatia with my lovely friend um Frankie I had octopus carpaccio with like this lemon gel thing and it was utterly exquisite um or I would have uh mussels um in like a, a traditional marinere broth I love a Thai broth with mussels but I would have the traditional and then I would have um some bread to dunk in the sauce at the end uh, do you know what that's the game changer for me I can't believe I missed that off my thought process yeah muscle muscles are such a good one and um every every year pre-covid uh me and my mates used to go to Robin Hood's Bay which is up near Whitby if you've ever been it's absolutely gorgeous it's really really cute and quaint and there's a little pub right at the bottom which is um the smugglers that's what it's called because it's an old yeah. it's the old smuggler pub and it's um we went there and you get like the mussels and the all oh, the sauce is amazing yeah like really really nice also there's a, a really nice pub near us called the hope and anchor which overlooks the humber estuary which is oh, really lovely. well you will we'll go there when you come you'll really like it i was just about to say when i visit can we go yeah we'll go it is really nice we'll go there um and the food there is lovely so we can uh that the mussels are up there for my starter or the other one that I said, but again, I don't know where I would say location-wise, but arancini balls. Oh, yeah. Really cheesy ones as well, that like when you pull them apart are just like gooey oh, messes. Yeah. And I've, ne I've never been, but it's on my list, to Italy, but I would imagine they would be there at the top of... If you want arancini balls, really good ones, then Sugo Pasta Kitchen in... Oh, yeah. There's only two, there's one in town and one in Altrincham. They do, they're one of their famous starters. It's like a giant, I think it's Arancino because it's one, one ball. Mm. Um, and it's like full of just delicious sticky cheese and mushrooms or whatever pesto. And then it's got like a really nice rich tomato sauce to, um, to counteract the richness of the mm. cheese. Mm. Um, very good. But yeah, two very good choices. So do we do Papa Dom's or bread now? 
Yeah, so you would, I think if you went mussels, obviously you would go a nice crusty bread, uh, just to mop it all up, like soft, uh, really soft bread on the inside, but really good crusty crust. I know exactly what bread, and it is the bread that um, I went to for my best friend's birthday, this was a few years ago now, we went to Long Clume in um, Cartmel, which is like Michelin star, and they gave us this bread at the beginning, and oh my God. I've never had, and then they gave the butter, had little mini bits of pork scratching in it. <laughs> oh my God. And it was so good. And I'd have, I'd have that bread to dip in because it was so good. I asked for an extra and I, uh, look, I'm not even sorry, but I put it in my bag. <laughs> I am not even apologetic. That's I, fine. I think it's, it's, it's a sign of a good, good, menu when you are saying to yourself I need a doggy bag take let me take it god yeah I love bread bread yeah this is I was a yeah I think I'm going to do an email today on bread and how I used to be scared of eating bread and it was the worst time of my life but you know (laughs) now now we're back we're back our brains are working again yeah because we're started eating carbs again uh right so main what are you going for? Main course. So I actually think that over the years, um, this has changed for me. So I reckon a few years ago, I would have said steak, chips, peppercorn sauce vibes, rich. But as I've got older, my taste for really rich food has kind of gone a little bit and I prefer like fresher things, hence the seafood starter. Um, And I think my idea of heaven is... My housemate's girlfriend, Carmen, is going to love this, but she's Chinese and she made me once when he was out this, she made homemade wontons from scratch. Mm. Like she was like, uh, no one can see, but I'm like making funny gestures with my fingers, but she made, it was like pork and prawn and she made this like mixture and then she had the wonton sheets and she was literally making them and doing all the cool stuff. And then she made this broth and put like loads of greens in it and then noodles. And I think there was mushrooms in it. And then we made it a bit spicy. And I remember eating it with her and just thinking, I love you. <laughs> there is no question. I know that you're my housemate's girlfriend, but I will marry, I will marry you if you make me this again. And it is like, it's really, um, it's rich in flavor, but not rich in like goutiness. It's like... Mm-hmm. I remember just the wontons and the, and the the broth and I love like a broth. I love a ramen or a pho or like a, a some kind of noodly soup and it would have been steak and chips. But now I'd say it would be like a ramen or a pho with um, noodles, loads of like punchy flavor in the broth, greens, a bit of heat and Carmen's homemade pork and prawn wontons. Mega. Oh, very very good choice unreal I think when you have like a certain memory of like an amazing amazing dish it just sets it off doesn't it um mine would be and I had to go on online to get this because when uh my friend and I went traveling and the first place we landed when we went traveling was Melbourne uh, literally it was like one of my it was like that's my favorite place I had the whole like four months traveling I was like the first place I visited I was like nope this is it. I've decided this is my favorite place. Uh, that and Vietnam, but um, it's actually the place in Melbourne was a Vietnamese restaurant, and it's called Chin Chin, mm. and they do they do your favorite small plates. Oh. But um, there was this there was like two dishes that like stood out on this set menu that we had, and it was the twice cooked beef short rib oh. with coconut salad, and oh, I was just it was just unreal. It was just like amazing, like literally melted. Yeah. You, it touched your tongue and it just like was like oh just oh. fell apart and then this the that came with like green beans and like burnt chili and like cashews and stuff it was just really nice yeah so good and then I feel like I'm cheating but it did come as part of a set menu but then it came with like um a barbecue king salmon in banana leaf with coconut red curry and it was just to die for it genuinely was and it was like my friend Andrew who who lived in Melbourne at the time he lives he lives near Sydney now but he um he took us and he was like 
honestly like you'll love it so much and oh it just it was literally one of my favorite places it's like my top three meals I've ever had that sounds amazing well you can have that salmon for your side dish yeah that can be my side dish um what would my side dish be something Asian um something like salady pickly and spicy maybe um again I'm just thinking of Chinese I always just go to automatically to like Chinese or like Asian food um or maybe like a chick no yeah you know what I'm gonna go chicken wing an Asian-y style chicken wing um and then we always do at at the dinner table we get all the bones out with our fingers like clean and then just eat the chicken wing whole that's a good show yeah, it's great. And then all the skin and the crispiness and like, and then you just see a, a, a plate, vegans will not like this, um, but you see like a plate on the table and you know that it's people who love food eating it because the bones are literally clean and you wouldn't even know yeah. what's there. And when people leave not me, quite alone, I'm like, what are you doing? That's the best bit. Yeah, I, I don't have the talent. I'm not there. Matt's very talented at this, but then I just feel like for me, it, it freaks me out too much going like, I know. Yes. I'm almost I'm almost I'm almost a vegan because I can't eat as close to the bone. Right. When, as... when I come and visit and we'll go for lunch with Matt, me and Matt will will show you how to eat a chicken wing with respect. <laughs> with respect. God. Absolutely scored. No, that's a good one. Yeah, and I'm surprised chicken doesn't feature on mine to be fair, because I do eat a lot of chicken, but I think sometimes when I go out, I always think, oh well, I always eat chicken at home. So no, I totally get that. Um, what what be so we've done we've done uh Silla Sparkling, Red or Papadoms, we've done starter, mm. um, main pudding. Pudding, dessert. Ooh. And are you always are you always a sweet dessert? You wouldn't ever go like cheese or biscuits. Mm, depends who I was with. I think if I was with my dad, I'd have cheese and biscuits. If I was with my mum, I'd have something sweet. If I was with Daniel, I'd probably have, uh, he would prefer cheese and biscuits, so I might have that. But we've never had a cheese board together, so I don't know. Um, on my own, sweet. Because I feel like I don't want to eat a big plate of cheese after my main course. <laughs> bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I, I do feel like a, che- a whole cheese board and wh- whenever you see someone get a cheese board as a dessert on their own they never get to finish it because it's just a lot of cheese it's a lot of cheese yeah it's a lot for main so- meal it is a lot of cheese yeah so I would say oh pudding I would have again it would have been years ago when I would have would have had my steak and chips and peppercorn sauce it probably would have been like something really rich like sticky toffee and mm, do the sticky toffee but for some yeah and I love it don't get me wrong but now like if I think what would I really really like it would be like something with a pastry of some sort and maybe a fruit. Oh, really yeah like a pe- I'm thinking like this might be literally what you would not want at all but I'm thinking for some reason like a pear tart with like caramel sauce and like vanilla ice cream yeah it's a no like icing sugar on it so like a fruit with pastry with with caramel like I love caramel and toffee so I think I'd even prefer toffee caramel flavor over chocolate um and then like some flaky pastry and like really nice vanilla ice cream with like the specks of vanilla in yeah oh yeah it's it's a good shout, but it, for me, it's an autumnal dish. That a fruit d- pastry dessert is very autumnal. And pastry. Yeah, it's. Just, I just I would never pick it. That's like it reminds me as well as like when I was younger and I'd sit at the table and we'd have Sunday dinner, and then my mum would be like, "Oh, I've got um apple strudel for dessert," and I'd be like, "Oh, for God's sake!" <laughs> I love apple strudel. No, Sash. No, <laughs> no. You can go see my mum. I love apple crumble. My mum makes, um, well, to be fair, I've not had it off her in ages, but my mum makes a pear and white chocolate crumble. That just sounds quite So crazy. sweet that it gives you a headache, but God, it was good. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know, like the sticky toffee pudding, that type of thing really does appeal to me. Um, And my 
best mate's hus- now husband um, opened my eyes recently to the fact that when you go to the restaurant and say, do you want custard or ice cream? He just always says both. And now I'm like, why have I not th- I'm like, why have I never thought of this before? So now I now I start saying both. But um, I think I would go, chocolate's normally my go-to. If there's something on the menu, I would normally lean towards that. But <clears throat> when I was writing this, I think it would be like a baked cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Just because it's just, it's, there's always a time, always a mood, whatever the season, whatever time of year, baked cheesecake's there for you. Yeah. Not, I, can, I like, love cheesecake. Yeah, it's a great shout. And if you've ever been to Cheesecake Factory in like America or like Dubai or I went in I went in Dubai at 2 a.m. Mm. with a friend. It's, but it's a little bit a little bit overwhelming. The menus, there's like a hundred cheesecakes. I'm like, I I've got brain fog by page three. Yeah, and the slices are very oh. large. Yeah. And it comes with cream. And yeah, me and my friend Dean went in, in Dubai at like 2, 3 a.m. and put the worlds to right and had like a heart to a heart and just ate cheesecake. And the conversation was so deep, we didn't realize really how much cheesecake we'd eat. And then afterwards, we both felt so nauseous. Yeah, it is. And it's like, you, if you're going to go, you almost go out as a meal because it's that, there's that much food. So yeah. much. It so, is. so much. No, but cheesecake's a good, good shout. I'm, in, I'm into that. Um, it's a bit plain. I feel I understand it's not very adventurous. However, yeah. it's it's a staple. It's there for you. Yeah, baked cheesecake with like any anything with it. Um, sauce a coolie maybe. Yeah, a coolie probably just on the side, just to take the edge off the sweetness with a little bit of acid acidity. Yeah, I would probably go like a strawberry or a raspberry type of thing. Yeah, I have full full respect for your menu. Um, I have full respect for yours. Until we got to the the pear situation. I love, I love like I, caramel. But it's, it's fine. I feel like we're compatible enough to get along. <laughs> yeah, because we both had like big elements of Asian food. Mm. Um, and like obviously when you visited, we went for Vietnamese. And I, I, I personally think that uh, Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, that kind of food is elite yeah unreal also like makes makes british food a bit seem a bit boring at times doesn't it yeah british food i think really good british food is underrated um like but it has to be done really really well but the thing is with british food is always um inspiration and elements from other cultures and like you know like chicken tikka for example is like known as a british um thing but it's obviously uh Indian um no it is great it is great but I would always go uh either, yeah far east or southeast Asia or somewhere and Maybe. how big do you feel like your relationship with food has changed over the years like from first getting into fitness to um to where you are now as a coach and your I guess your relationship food but also how it how it's impacted your training and things like that as well like if you were to kind of summarize it wow that's a really good question I feel like my relationship with food is the best it's ever been and it got the best it's ever been in like the last year and a half year mm-hmm. and a half maybe since in fact yeah yeah since I got back from Saudi it's probably been the best it's ever been um I've attached way less like importance on it and this is very personal for me it might be opposite for people listening but like the less I think about it the help the better choices I make like I do eat well and don't get me wrong of course I have like five guys Fridays and stuff but even to the point where like my five guys Fridays, I'll have a small cheeseburger and I'll eat half the chips because it's not like, a, oh yeah, I get to indulge. It's like, a, no, I like to have a burger and chips on a Friday. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I just think about it a lot less and it doesn't like consume my thoughts as much as it did like 10 years ago when it's literally all I thought about and my whole persona was like what I ate and weighing stuff and making sure that just being like oh if I don't have if I have that then my body will change or whatever when in reality 
without blowing my own trumpet like I say I'm in probably the best shape I've ever been in and I don't think about food so it's like there's something in that the obsessive Mm. nature of thinking about it all the time oh I have that like oh I might put on weight and then I've got to weigh myself in the mornings and it's just like oh it's exhausting um yeah I don't think about it ever and I'll I'll have whatever I want whenever I want but it just happens to be that what I want now is a lot different to what I wanted back in the day yeah how about you yeah very very similar to be fair and that last point that you said there like one of my clients I had a call with her yesterday and it's like her year she's been with me for a full year and then she was saying to me she was like do you know what I find amazing is that I don't weigh myself anymore she's like I don't I'm not bothered by like what that means and and I just said like how freeing is that and she said oh my god it used to consume me so much that if I ate that I was going to gain weight and if I did this then that would happen and she's like but now I just eat because like I'm I'm into what food does for making me feel good exactly in in more ways than one as well in in health but also in oh I really enjoyed that she was like I went out for some drinks at the weekend and I had like four gins whereas normally I would have like loads of cider and drink to get drunk and she's like now I just drink because I enjoy it it fits into my life but I don't let it consume me in the same sort of way that it used to and I was like that's so freeing but yeah exactly the same I used to think about it far more than I needed to I used to attach um probably like you say a lot of weight to it and a lot of my worth to it like because I deem myself as this person who was into fitness it was part of my identity that I worried that oh what's people what are people going to think if I'm not eating in line with what I I talk about Um, yeah which which is mad whereas for me health is such a balance of like foods that I enjoy foods that help me feel good literally it's just like that that ever evolving just like balance but now it's so that it's not like one or the other it's almost like they're just so merged that it feels like in sync yeah it's you know I was just thinking then I was kind of like having thoughts about like how I feel about it now but I I went on like a really strict diet a few years ago through, I wanted to, you know, there was no pressure for anyone, not because I wanted to um, do a bloody photo shoot and get all oiled up or anything, but I, uh, my good friend, Josh, who's a, who's a prep bodybuilding coach said, oh, I'll do it for you. Um, just, I knew what to do, but it's just nice to have someone. Um, mm. you. And it was like 12, it was literally 12 weeks. It's like everything that I don't like now, but I did it as, as to see what it's like. And that was really the reason I did it. I was like, I want to see what it's like to actually be really strict for 12 weeks. And I did it and I weighed everything. Um, I didn't have a single drop of alcohol. Um, I, um, my calories fit, started on like 1600 at the beginning and then they ended on 1100 for like the last I know right for but because I knew that it was for four or five days I was like I've come this far yeah <laughs> and I remember one of my breakfasts was like ready break and like half like 20 grams of ready break with like a fucking grape on it or something mm-hmm. um, and I lost weight obviously yeah um I think I was, I think when I weighed myself on the last day, I was just under 61 kilos. And my before and after picture was actually really drastic. Uh, he he was actually shocked because he was like, it's weird because you've not lost that much weight, but you look totally different. And it was true. And that was 12 weeks of like consumed mm. by every gram um, steps training. It was literally like my life for 12 weeks. That was three, four years ago. And yeah, I weighed just under 61. Right now, I think I weigh, I weighed myself maybe a month ago and I was just over 61. Yeah. Isn't that mental? So all the time where I was consumed, not that weight matters and I never weigh my clients, like unless they want to, like I honestly don't care how much they weigh. Um, But I literally was so obsessed and I weighed the same as I do now when I literally don't even think about food. And that is like evidence that if you just relax a little bit about food and just be active and be sensible and just you could literally just maintain that same body really that you really wanted and I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't care about what I look like because that would be a lie Um, and it's just mental how I went through all of that weighing my ready break 
um, <laughs> and putting like unsweetened almond milk in it to now like having my five guys on a Friday and just being the same. And that's mental. I haven't really thought about that until now. Yeah, it, it does. And the, the, the amount of time and energy that you attach to it, I think a lot of people think that you need to be that level of, um, I don't know, concerned and consumed by it daily to actually get somewhere and I think in the beginning maybe that's what helps get people started but then once they get going they realize that actually it's just the doing of the daily stuff that makes the world of difference right like it's drastic but madness madness I just had like a little epiphany there live podcast I love it I love it so good that was fantastic Jess. I absolutely love it. I'm absolutely ravenous now. I'm, gonna I, I, I'm starving. <laughs> that was a, a triumph. I'm getting tattooed today. So, um, oh, lovely stuff. 11. So, I'm going to have to have a nice big meal. And then I'm going for Japanese food after. So, oh, winning. Winning. Oh, lovely day. And you're off to thingy, aren't well, you? I'm going down south with Matt. Yeah, just for the day. Uh, well, for the day and night, but the benefit of working from a laptop today basically yeah gonna have a full laptop afternoon Matt's got a client in Sussex I think and then we're going to down near Brighton way on that's far I know it's a long way but we're doing half he's doing half today he's got a half client and then we're going to do the remainder journey tonight but should be fine that'd be nice yeah I did um I did all of Wednesday's work yesterday and I had a really long working day um but I ticked off like loads of jobs because today I really wanted to um, do this podcast, have some breakfast, get tattooed, which usually drains me and then um, go for dinner and just kind of relax. Cause I've got like a big 12 hour day tomorrow. So I thought, Hey, let's have a little bit of a day today. That's yeah. Make the most of it. Especially if you're getting tattooed, like is he, are you getting your sleeve finished? Is that what you're getting done? No. So that's in December um, because that's going to take like a long time. So to, I had to wait like a really long time to get booked in again because she's super popular. But I'm just having this um, uh, something on my right forearm. Oh, very, very nice. Oh, well, let's see how it goes. I will send pics, of course. Bye, everybody. Have a great great day. And maybe think about your off menu and vendors. And if it is um, anything to do with a protein shake or. Meal replacement. Meal replacement, then don't message me. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, please don't bother. I've got this really nice strawberry meal replace- replacement shake. Yeah, it's delicious and it makes me feel full for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Thank you very okay. much. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye, bye.